Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Well, before we get into our conversation with Brett today, we want to let you know of a little fun announcement we have for you. If you participate on Sunday mornings in our menlo.online.church services, starting August 14th with our new series called Get in the Game, we are going to be moving to just one service. So instead of 9 and 10.30 a.m., we're just going to be doing 10.30 a.m., and Mark is going to tell you why. Yeah, it is an opportunity for us to come together as a community in one place and one space. And it opens up a lot of freedom and flexibility for what services can look like in the future, as well as generate some fun and community spirit. So we want to invite you that if you are attending our nine o'clock service, we'd love for you to come to our 1030 service on menlo.online.church. And if you are attending our 1030 service, We'd love for you to welcome all of our new friends and, and faces that are going to be in there too. So we're doing this, starting this next series. We hope that you're there. Invite some friends. It's going to be a lot of fun. And now let's go talk to Brett. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast. Mark here. And I'm Jessica. And we have Brett Corton with us Woo! today. I'm back. Woo! Hey, guys. Oh, that's that, a good snap. You've the, added that since last time. The live that's studio good. audience was doing that, wow. you know. <laughs> Hey, it's great to see all y'all out there. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for joining us. And Brett, you are our next-gen director. What does that mean? Next-gen director means that I get to work with or I oversee our kids and student ministries at all of our campuses. So every campus has a kids pastor, student pastor, and we kind of work together to help the next generation of people. I mean, this generation (laughs) find and follow Jesus. That's our hope. So speaking of kids, you and your wife have been married. (laughs) Get out. Get out. I'm done. I'm done. I'll see y'all later. Uh, If you don't get the joke, go back and listen or watch Brett's sermon (laughs) because he made a joke about that. Why don't you tell us about that and then tell us a little bit about what you talked about. Okay. So yeah, the um, joke that I made is well, the, I'll, I'll give the, I guess, the series, the sermon overview. The sermon overview is we're looking at uh, Second, cha- Second Samuel chapter 7, which is um, a passage in which David sort of makes a plan of um, building the temple for God. And um, you'd think this would be a great thing to do, like you're doing something for God, awesome. But it turns out that God actually doesn't want David to do it because God has something even greater in store for David. And when you have these moments where, God kind of like changes your plans. I think our options, there may be multiple options, but two big things are we can either fight God or we can sit and listen to God. Mm -hmm. And David, Mm -hmm. instead of fighting and taking control, decides to sit and take on a posture of listening to God. Um, And so that's, we kind of work to just asking the question of what plans are you holding on to um, that might keep you from seeing God's promises for your life and where my God might be inviting you to sit before him with an open hand. Um, But my joke to go back to this. (laughs) At the beginning, I kind of set up the sermon talking about how as a culture, we're so obsessed with what's next because if we know what's next, we can anticipate it, we can prepare for it, maybe we can control it or change it, um, which ties into what David was kind of thinking with the temple. And I made the joke of my wife and I are currently, we've been married for a little over three years. And when you work at a church, everybody 
asks you every Sunday. So when are you having kids? Gosh. What's it going to be like? Or yeah. yeah, and we just got back from family vacation and thankfully um I mean mom and dad if you're listening, they they know they they always ask us about kids. Um Don't they have enough grandkids they already? They do. They have 8 Jeez. now. Um and <laughs> there was a different <laughs> moment every day where each individual person in my family asked either me or Taylor, so when are we having kids? Oh and so gosh. it's just like, you know, it's our life right now. And the answer is, we don't plan on having kids anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, well, what's the answer that you said? But in the, the, sermon? the answer yeah. I gave in the sermon, and this is what I typically do tell everybody, is we have a one-year-old puppy, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, when Smokey's ready, then we'll go get another puppy. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's it. Yeah. You and I got dogs around the around the like, same time, a couple weeks apart. Yeah. No joke, you guys. Puppies are a lot of work. They are. And I, you know, I had to. Not not completely do it by myself. You guys had each other, but I yeah. know it is still so much work. So yeah. I would have said something around the same thing of like, let me do this thing with my dog first because it's enough as yeah. it is. I don't, we don't need to add any yeah. children to that. And with that, I want to be clear that it doesn't compare to having a kid. No, no, no. So no, no. I, I've made the mistake of saying that before and then parents are like, oh yeah, you yes. think that's hard? But and I actually so- have had parents like... No, it it seems like really hard with a puppy. And I think part of it too is like, Hmm. for me, the puppy phase was so hard, but only like, I mean, still a puppy, but the hardest part was the first six months. And Mm -hmm. then it got so much better after that. Hmm. Whereas like the kid thing just keeps going and it gets harder in different ways. Yeah. So that is one thing I think. And I think like, I mean, even with that though, like the flip side of it coming from somebody who's not a parent, it's like, there's so much more reward to obviously having a kid versus a dog. Yes. Like yeah. our dog right now is basically just a real life stuffed animal who cuddles <laughs> yes, with me. Whereas color. with a kid, you get to see their passions and yes. see them develop yes. and get to celebrate these things with them. And so walk through an entire life. And so, you know, it's a little, maybe different. it'll happen at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I loved the part of the, the start of the sermon where yes. you're just trying to define like a what's next moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love for you to walk us through that, how you got there, why you started there. And then I'd love to know from both of you, if you have ever had a moment in your life that was a what's next moment, meaning like, I don't know what's to come. I want to try to control it. I think my life is going <laughs> no, in this way, never. but maybe it's not. I've never personally ever no, felt that never, way. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Everything's just been really easy. Exactly. Very clear. Yeah. Yep. I'm just super close with God, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. it just like makes everything really easy. Nice. Just kidding, everybody. Yeah, the what's next moment. Wait, so what was the first question again? It's let's just chat Can, yeah. for people that maybe didn't hear the sermon. What isn't a what's next moment? Yeah, what oh was yeah. The so point you're what illustrating. Next, what's next moment is just sort of like when you're at this point where maybe things are going well, um, or maybe life is feeling stagnant, and you're just wondering, okay there's got to be something next or what is the next decision for me to make? Maybe it's your um, coming to the time where you feel like maybe I need to leave this job, but I don't know what's next. Or maybe you've lost a job. I don't know what's next. Or I mean, with people asking the question of when are you going to have kids? It's like, mm-hmm. are you, that seems like the natural progression in life because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us approach life thinking you always want to be thinking about the next thing. Mm-hmm. And because you want to better yourself. It's right. you want to be moving forward and whatever it is. I think even with my own job, like the number of times that people will ask me like, so what's next? Or even when I was doing student ministry, when I was a student director at the Menlo Park campus mm-hmm. is 
so when are you going to stop being a student yeah, pastor? Yeah, you can't be a student pastor yeah, forever. Because student yeah. pastors are kind of known as, or it's kind of a job that people look at as being a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's never been the case. And so for me to say like, I will, I'm really happy where I'm like, but why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's weird for us to think about somebody actually sitting and enjoying what they're doing without thinking about, but what's my five-year plan? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I was thinking about with the what's next moment. I think also like culture tells us that there has to be something like you have to follow this specific path. Mm -hmm. Like even thinking of like you guys with kids, it's like, well, what if you don't want kids? Yeah. That's fine. What if you can't have kids? Or you can't have kids. (laughs) There's just so much pressure around. Okay. So you had a great job. You met your wife. You got married. So now you have kids. Yeah. But it's like, well, no, that's not how everybody wants to live. And so it's, it is interesting that there's always just this pressure around, like, I think, too, in the Bay Area, especially with, like, job stuff, too, of doing the next the next thing when it's like you're saying, actually, I'm perfectly content yeah. where I'm at. So is yeah. that OK? Can I just yeah. be there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of it, too, that goes back to we find our identity and fulfillment and kind mm-hmm. of what we accomplish yeah. or what we say we have done. Whereas if you aren't pursuing that next thing. The question is like, well, then who are you going to be? And I think as followers of Jesus, like our challenge is always, how do we sit with, which I mean, ties to the sermon, how do we sit with God and hear God's voice over us saying, like what he said to Jesus in the baptism, uh, this is my son whom I'm love and in him I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. how do we listen to God say that over us and actually believe that where we are right now while also looking forward to, God, where might you be leading me yeah. next? Because um, yeah. I do think, uh, I mentioned this at one point in the sermon, that sometimes we think if we sit, we are um, kind of being passive, or then we're going to miss out on things. And Eugene Peterson talked about that a little bit in the book that I referenced. But um, when we sit, like, we should never approach sitting as just being like, okay, I'm just going to chill and lay on my couch and watch Netflix. Like, <laughs> right. sitting is more of a posture of being filled by God to be empowered by then moving forward to where God is leading you as opposed to, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. Yeah. Hmm. As Brett was talking, Jess, did anything come up for you as a time in your life that was a what's next moment? Yeah. I mean, to be completely, you know, honest here, like the last couple of years have been really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think if if you've been around Menlo Church in the last couple of years, you know it's been um, a unique hardness, uh, not only attending the church, but being on staff. And so there were for sure times where I was like, okay, God, like, what are we doing here? Like, do I still need to, am I still supposed to work here? Should I look for something else? Mm-hmm. What do you have in plans for me? And that's exactly like, for me, what it would come down to is I would spend that time with God. And for me, it's usually like listening to worship music and journaling. Hmm. Um, and God was always just like, nope, you're, you're, you're where you're supposed mm-hmm. to be. Just continue with me in that. And so there were, yeah, multiple times where I updated my resume and started looking for places, but it just always felt wrong. And so once I set that time apart to sit with God, he was very clearly like, you're not, you're not, it feels wrong because it is wrong. You're not, it's not, that's not what I have for you right now. So I think that's the first thing that kind of popped in my head when you were talking about that. Yeah. And that, that ties a lot into what you talked about kind of in the second part of your sermon, Brett, we're talking about control and Mm -hmm. having to 
like I'm in this place instead of sitting with God and I want to try to control my future, mm-hmm. control my outcome. And I think you said it was brought to you by the three P's. Of three Sesame P's. <laughs> Great. The three P's. Let's chat about those. Yeah. So the three P's, we had God's plan. Or no, no, sorry. I even messed oh, it up. Geez. Sorry, oh. God's plan. That's something where I'm just going to give you a preview of student ministry yeah. of Ooh. this year. Ooh. Our focus for student ministry for the next calendar year is Whoa. God's plan and who is God calling us to be as students where we're at and where we're headed oh, in our future. Cool. So we decided, we had a meeting last week talking yeah. about what, what do we want our focus <laughs> to be for the entire year for student ministry and it's God's plan. So there, spoiler. Um, the P, David's plan. Yes. Then we had God's promise. And then three was um, David's posture. Nice. So those are the three. How did you arrive at those three and... Did you do the P thing just to make it fun or? So, you know, (laughs) yes and no. So I said we were on vacation recently and honestly, I I knew the passage that I had to teach on Mm -hmm. and um, we... I met with Adam beforehand because him and Cheryl kind of put together the overview of this entire series. And he said, this week focuses on sitting with God. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was studying the passage... I definitely saw that in there, but I was struggling with it a lot. And I was even saying to Taylor, I was like, I, I have done my standard prep for sermons. I've gone through commentaries. I've read books. I've sat with the passage myself. Like, I don't feel like I have any direction outside of just that. Hmm. And I'm struggling. And then I, we were at the beach and I was just sitting at the beach and thinking about the passage more. And um, I... The, the line that was coming up to me that I said in the sermon later was God cares more about your posture than God cares about your plans. Mm-hmm. Great. And that came just as I was sitting on the beach and I was like, huh, um, I think there's something to that and wanting to lean a little bit more. And then I was like, I have two piece. I got to have a third. And then I'm looking at the <laughs> passage and I'm like, well, it's God's promise. Mm-hmm. And communication things. Uh, I grew up uh, in a Southern Baptist church and the pastor would always have an outline that we would fill in the blanks. Oh yeah. yeah, And, yeah. um, typically as a kid, even t- to this day, when I go back there, I try to do it. I always try to figure out what the pastor is going to fill them in with before we get there. Uh, <laughs> but it typically would either rhyme or they would all have the same first letter or something. And so, so you're trying to predict the future yes. and be in control. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Pretty or much. just like Mad Libs. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> that'd be a sermon Mad Lib. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. And as you were prepping for this, mm-hmm. sitting on the beach, did you have any ideas that were like, that's genius, but then had either cut it out, yeah. didn't have enough time? Well, so I mentioned at one point in the sermon that um, the middle part of God's promise could be an entire sermon in and of itself. Right. Because yeah. this, this passage is known as the Davidic covenant, which like there are three big covenants in the Old Testament. There's the Abrahamic where um, God kind of makes his promise to Abraham. There's a mosaic one where God makes his promise to Moses and kind of like to Israel of who you'll be. And then there's the Davidic one. And so this is like a key moment in all mm. of the Old Testament. And so you could sit into that for a long time. But I was like, that's... I definitely need to hit on that a little bit, but I didn't want that to become the main focus, although it did shape a little bit of how we respond to the posture because I think we sit with God because we can trust who God is, and that's mm. and we know it because of God's promises for us. So that was one thing. Um, another thing that I cut out, and I think I shared this 
maybe last time I was with you, typically my first round, or I just want to nerd out on things. <laughs> and this passage has so many ties to other things that happen in the Old Testament. Like one thing that I was fascinated by that it did not fit into the sermon in any way, shape or form. But right at the beginning of my passage, it says um, something along the lines of they, God had brought them rest from their enemies or they had settled and God mm-hmm. had given them rest from their enemies. The only other time where the same Hebrew phrase is used is back in Deuteronomy 12, where God is giving instructions to Israel. He says, when the Lord has given you rest from your enemies and then gives them instructions. Mm-hmm. And one of the instructions he gives is don't follow me. I'm going to butcher the exact quote, but it's <laughs> don't worship me in the same way as other nations. Mm-hmm. And Um, like that's in that section. And then with David's plan to build the temple is David is trying to worship God in the same way as their neighboring people worshiped. And I was like, oh, there's this connection that I had never noticed before. And I was like, that's kind of a cool little thing that I I love seeing how the Bible is a, the Bible project says a unified story that leads to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I just love seeing the connections because when the people were putting together the Bible, they knew those stories a lot better than we did and yeah. knew the Hebrew language yeah. and like the intricacies of the language. And so there are these little throwbacks that you see that when you can see the bigger pictures, like, oh, it brings it to life, I think, even more. So that's something that I cut out, but I was fascinated by that. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like that's exactly why this podcast, I love that kind of like nerding out stuff too. So you're, yeah. you're welcome here. So what, it, um, <laughs> I'm curious, did you use a, a study or was it Google that, or did your brain just put it two and two together that you found that? It, so that was one of the commentaries okay. that I was reading had referenced that. And um, I have an accordance Bible software that is, it has a Hebrew and also the English. And so I went back and was looking through that at yeah. some comparisons like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's yeah. just really cool. Yeah. And that's what kind of my standard practice of putting together a sermon is I, I'll read the passage for a while. I'll sit with the passage. I'll ask questions about it. And then I'll look into commentaries and probably go through like four or five different ones, seeing what different scholars or theologians are saying about it. And if there's books on a specific person or passage, I'll read those too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of all that goes into putting it together. Yeah. And you ended your sermon with an exercise. Yes. I love when people do that because I'm an immediate action kind of person. Like, okay, great. I heard it. I internalized it. I'm on board. Let's do it. And so you had directed all of us in the room on campus and online to sit in Mm -hmm. silence. Mm -hmm. I don't like you. No, it's (laughs) awkward. It's so hard. Yeah. We, um, you know, part of the decision behind that was we, well, I guess, I mean, part of it was, is we don't sit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to sit. And mm-hmm. if we said, go home and sit, my guess is most people wouldn't. Yeah. Because the second you leave, your mind's already racing, racing to what's next. Right. And um, at the, the first service at Menlo Park, um, Keith did his benediction at the end and shared with the congregation. He goes, you know, we were debating how long we should have you sit. And we settled on one minute for that service because we didn't think you could sit any longer. And Mm -hmm. so he said, my challenge to you is 
this week, go sit for longer than a minute and see if you can. And second service, they sat for two minutes and uh, a woman came up afterwards and goes, that two minutes felt like it was five minutes. Yeah. I was struggling so much. <laughs> and it's, yeah, cause that's, it's reality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I shared um, like for myself, I've tried to be, um, I don't know, thoughtful around setting around setting aside time to sit with God. And so my morning routine, I'm very much a creature of habit. I go, um, I wake up six, I make coffee, uh, I spend time reading and sitting, and then I exercise or else I exercise and do the reading and sitting. And for a long time, even like today, I think like, oh, I'm setting aside this time because I'm sitting with God. But no, I sit down and then I do Wordle and then I check the yeah. news and then I go through Instagram yeah. and then it's like all these things. And then all of a sudden I'd set aside this time to sit with God. I'm like, oh boy, here's five minutes. That isn't what I intended to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to become more aware of the time that I am setting aside, how am I actually setting aside that for God? So yeah. it's, it's hard. I do think, too, we got a lot of feedback from staff that it went over really well at campuses, mm. your sermon in general, too. And so I think it's interesting because I felt the same as Mark, like, I hate you. That's the worst thing. Um, but we need it. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think that's what makes yeah. it so good is, like, you have a... Um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? You're like so against it, but mm-hmm. a part of it is your soul is like, because I need this. Yeah. yeah. And everything around you is telling you not to do this. There are, like you're saying, Wordle, Instagram, anything, your phone, everything is at your fingertips on your phone. But then you also have the bigger screen, your yeah. television, and you have a dog and you have roommates yeah. or you have kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always something that you could be doing instead. But yeah. I know for me, like when I actually do sit and listen, it's just like, it's just so life-giving. And yeah. sometimes it's, you know, I get this crazy word from God that changes the trajectory of my life yeah. or at nice. least makes me feel great for, you know, the rest of that day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, we talked about this with Matt Stefan. Sometimes it's just the practice of being in God's presence yeah. yep. very much, and so. just yep. being with him. And I think, again, as a culture where society is telling us you do something to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And so when you sit with God, you expect a big word or a, a life change or something, but sometimes it's just God's just inviting us to be with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I know for me too, I just, I don't, also just don't like silence. So I like put on worship music, which I don't think is completely wrong, you know, but I, I do think there is something to allowing that complete silence, allowing God to yeah. just work in you. And yeah, and yeah it's, I watched it. I was working on the online platform and it felt like the longest minute. I was like, mm-hmm. did it break? Are we still good? But then, you know, we had the beautiful lyric video, after, video yeah. afterwards too, which I thought was also yeah. super powerful. Shout out to mm-hmm. our worship team. Who wrote that? For that who wrote that and, and did that, that video. video and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I just, I agree with Mark. It's just like mm-hmm. getting to actually put it into practice immediately is, yeah. and then Keith's challenge of like, now go and do it longer. Yeah. No, I don't want to, but I I will. I have a question for you, Rep. Yes. For this month, and I'd like to invite anyone who's listening to this too, I'm trying to go through the Book of Common Prayer every day for a month. So starting my morning with that first thing. Did you do it today? I did. Thanks, Jess. I I asked (laughs) Jess to help me with that, to just check in. Is sitting with God, reading the Bible, praying, is that the same thing as sitting in silence? Mm. Or would you parse those two out? I would probably parse the two out. Okay. Um, 
I think when I think about sitting with God, I think about setting aside time to be still. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about my own life, like last year, my life group, we all tried to read the Bible in a year together. Mm. And it was great. Like I loved doing that and had good conversations through it. But, you know, reading the Bible sometimes, it's still a brain exercise. Mm -hmm. And I think a danger of like, even Mm -hmm. something like reading through the Bible in a year is the goal is getting through the Bible. The goal isn't hearing from God and sitting with God. So I think they can definitely be together, but it's kind of that next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that I've been trying to challenge myself with because I've been using the Bible Project app and this morning I was reading through um, Exodus and the Tabernacle, which ties into the sermon even more, but I, we don't, that could be another podcast. Um, <laughs> but it, I realize like as I'm reading this, I don't want to just get through it. I need to actually stop and sit with it and talk to God and say, God, what are you saying to me in this? And Mm-hmm. listen or journal. Um, I'm not a big journaler, but I have found that the times where I do set aside time away from my phone and just write what what's coming through my mind, that those become prayers. And I think that is mm-hmm. sitting with God. Mm-hmm. It's like listening to God. But mm-hmm. um, if that answers your question, that's... No, it definitely yeah. does. And I, I think that's something at, that if we are so deep in this culture of go, 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 or accomplish this or reach a goal, which is just kind of baked into yep. our mm-hmm. context here. Yeah. You can kind of trick yourself into feeling like I am sitting and being still when really, no, yeah. you're not really sitting and you're not really being yeah. still. So yeah. well, a good reminder. I mean, just to, we had a, a retreat with our extended leadership team mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit ago and Matt Stefan and I were running one morning and he asked me like, what is my favorite spiritual practice? And I'm pretty sure I responded to him saying, I think it's stillness because every morning I set aside time to be with God. And as I'm prepping this, I'm like, yeah, I've been setting aside time, but I'm not actually still. Yeah. And it was kind of yeah. a challenging thing to me of, no, it's, it's intentional about not just checking it off of your calendar or that like, I've done this today, but it's, are you entering into God's presence yeah. as you're saying? And just trying to listen and to be with God. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I think it's a big part of intentionality mm-hmm. of like, what are you doing this to accomplish something? Check it off of your list because, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with listening to worship music and journaling and reading Mm -hmm. your Bible. Obviously, if your intention is to be in God's presence and learn something, then Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the way to do it. If your intention is to be with God and be in his presence and listen, then that might mean you need to be more silent. You know, yeah. I think it's it's all about our heart and our and our posture. Yeah, that that P right there. Yeah, and with like to give it a real world application or a comparison, um, something Taylor and I had to learn about in our marriage was I always thought being together was just being together, mm. and found out that I still am not great at this. Uh, so sorry, Taylor. But <laughs> I play video games. And I like a long time at the beginning of our relationship, I'm playing video games or watching TV. And she'll get frustrated of we're never spending time together. And in my mind, I'm like, what are you talking about? We're sitting next to each other this entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean we're not together? But it's more of not intentionally focused on being together yeah. and connecting yeah. with one another and hearing about each other's day, all of that. And so I think about that with God of sometimes spiritual practices like praying or reading the Bible or all of that. It's just stuff we do, but it's not actually stuff that we're doing to learn more about who God is mm-hmm. and grow in our relationship with God. Taylor, if you're listening, you're not alone. 
someone who is in the dating scene. <laughs> one of the most common things we come yeah. across. Yeah. yeah, we're playing. I'm playing a video game. You want to come yeah. watch me? Absolutely not. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon don't catch themselves <laughs> if I'm sitting still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's be real. I don't even think spending time together counts with Missy and I unless like we're touching. Like her, oh, she's yeah. just yeah. so big on physical touch. Okay. We're just like we're watching the same movie, but like. I'm always hot. She's always cold. Oh, gosh. She'll put her cold feet on my hot legs. And I'm just like, I immediately start sweating. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, don't touch me. But she's like, come on. Like, we, we need to be close and spend yeah. this time together. That's I'm like, so oh, funny. my. Okay. Whatever. Well, on that note. <laughs> um, that I see. I hear you. Yep. No, I see you. <laughs> exactly. Anything else, Brett, you'd like to let our thousands of, of millions of audiences billions. Yeah, know about? Well, I'll just say a final thing is... Um, and one of the questions that you had talked about initially that I know we haven't really hit on, but was, was there something that I forget how you, how you worded it, but, um, that made you uncomfortable in it yes. and, um, sitting still obviously, but I'll say one of the things I was challenged by, or that I was nervous to talk about mm. was my own schedule of sitting and my own struggle with it. Namely, be mainly because, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have all of this stuff that in a lot of ways, I'm privileged to be able to have time like this to sit aside. And I thought about during the COVID yeah. season, you know, Taylor and I, for us, it was a very fruitful season because we're very intentional about spending time together, but we're mm -hmm. in a life group with people who all have young kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we felt bad saying that because we know we're in a different place. Right. So I was like, do I, can I actually say this to people? Yeah. Um, but where I think the thing that I kept coming back to is God doesn't tell us to be still when life is easy. Like mm. these commands aren't, once things get good, like obviously in this story with yep. David, it says God had given them rest. And yep. so that's where he started thinking, I'm gonna do this. But God invites us to be still and to sit with him in the chaos. And that that's something we need to be able to think about is not when I get to this point, I'll start doing it. But how do I actually start implementing it into my life now? Whatever it is that the life God has given me is, is. Mm. And, um, that's something I've just been sitting with. Um, Cause I know when work week is busy, I think, well, next weekend, mm -hmm. but it's like, mm -hmm. no, God's saying, how do you enter into that busy week with a posture of sitting with me? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I guess my final thought that that's I've been so sitting good. with. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. being here. And for those that are listening, if you would need to talk through this or if you want any help or accountability as you, or encouragement as mm -hmm. you're trying to sit through this, you could text us. 650-600-0402 and we'd love to hear from you and be yeah, a part of your Yeah, if you want to know anything else about students or kids, go to menlo.church slash students or slash kids or menlo.church slash kids. Mm -hmm. They've got fall kickoff coming. Whoa. Yes. Yes. It, will there be a monkey there? All campuses. There, I don't know if there'll be a monkey. I don't <laughs> okay. think there will be. That was only, yeah, that was a Jess If and Matt you go thing. to the menlo.online Instagram Oh, I think it's probably gone now. I can repost the picture from the monkey. From oh, I saw week. that. That's or great. Menlo dot monkey. Menlo dot. <laughs> and if you are listening to this on Wednesday when it drops, and you are parents of students, we are having an all-campus oh, yes. student worship oh, yeah. night tonight at okay. the Mountain View campus at seven. August I'm excited 3rd. about that. Oh, August third. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll swing by. Yeah, it'll be cool. Go. Yeah, I look forward to it. We haven't yeah. done anything like this before, That's and we really thought cool. let's just bring all of the campuses together to celebrate the end of summer and what God's been doing. Yes. So, that's yeah. awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Thanks for Brett. being here, Brett. Thanks, Jess. Thank y'all for Bye, having Mark. me. Bye, everybody.
Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays, and this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.